We want to say thank you to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Blue Collar Cycle Shop, Hook, Line, and Heroes, and a shout-out to States Vegas Radio. Without you guys, this episode would not be possible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, while you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Blue Collar Cycle Studio right here in beautiful, rainy Concord, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the starting lineup. To my left, your right on the radio dial is producer Brian. Hey, guys. I, of course, be your host, Biggin, and how about you? And across the way is the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. You may know him as the Silver Tongue One, 2016's Honorable Mention, Buxtani Phil Impersonator of the Month, the inventor of the Redneck Egg Roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! How about you, buddy? I was going to bring the uh, Redneck Egg Rolls in today, but everybody's on a diet, Mm -hmm. so uh, we'll have to wait. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call our friend... Uh, Jim Harold from the Paranormal Podcast, right, right. where he talks about like cryptids, you know, Bigfoot, Loch Ness mm-hmm. monster, those things. Paranoia. And paranormal. And I'm going to see if we could get the elusive redneck egg roll listed as a cryptid food item. I, I think we could. Then we can have like redneck egg roll weekends where people from all over the country come together to talk about their experiences but here's the deal they'd show up and there would be no redneck egg rolls we're like what are we talking about nobody's ever had these things where did the redneck egg roll touch you at just (laughs) show us on this egg roll (laughs) so uh jesus and his 12 disciples walk into a bar Mm -hmm. Uh, jesus walks up to the bar bartender says uh bartender i need 13 waters turns around looks at his disciples and winks you don't get it. <laughs> no, I got you. Because you're going to make it into wine. Yeah, Jesus. But it, wouldn't it Jesus be... is a cheapskate. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh. They're free. Free waters. Yeah, let's dissect this joke real quick. But why do, why make it, he, it'll why make is, it better. Why is he not walking into a wine, uh, like a, a wine place? Thanks for listening to the show, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Check out our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You have our playable links there, all of our show notes. Uh, when we have interviews, we have all their social media material there on our show notes. You can also go to our Facebook page, uh, Southern Fry Philosophy, is where we like to connect. Uh, we'd like to welcome all our new uh, social media followers on, Come on, on. Facebook. Uh, we, we really appreciate you guys checking us out there. Wherever you listen to your podcast, just go there, hit subscribe. So Apple, to, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Google Play, wherever. Uh, just go there, hit subscribe, like, review, uh, share your favorite episodes. really appreciate that. You can also find us on the Instagrams and Twitter, SFP Radio, and also our Patreon link at uh, Patreon forward slash SFP Radio. We want to say, say shout out to our newest Patreon SFP insider, Leanne Whitley. Thank you so much for signing up. We appreciate it. And if you want to also support the show, check us out at the link that's uh, on our website. Uh, click the little Patreon button, and you yourself can be an SFP insider. We will be uh, air or will be recording. An SFP Insider coming up here shortly, so you can have that fun, unedited content. 
watch you crawl into your armpit and try to hide. <laughs> we want to say a shout out to our listeners from Raleigh, Richmond, and Roanoke. This episode brought to you by the letter R, also known as the Pirates. Uh, I'm going to ask you like I ask you All every week. All our jokes week. are just falling flat. Yeah, this is, this is a good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo. How you be darn? Uh, I think I'm good. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, if you live anywhere basically east of the Mississippi, you pretty much have rain all week for the next 14 days, I think. Sure, That's what they're yeah. calling for is something something crazy. We had the first time ever I've seen them close down a school due to high winds and rain in our area, but it looks like it was pro- pretty much a pretty good call because <laughs> we had a couple tornadoes touchdown. Yeah. yeah. So uh, did they call off school in your district? No, up in up in Salisbury where the shop is. Yeah, wow. Rowan yeah. County closed some schools. I think Mooresville closed some schools. All right, we're gonna have to talk about this. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, yeah, still my notes okay. here. All right. So the, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So obviously that uh, a lot of rain does not lend um, good selling weather for motorcycles. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Now maybe if I had paddle boats or jet skis, there you go. That would work out. But you know, but it has nature. Hey, buddy. Producer Brian, bring us in. What are we talking about? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, so, speaking of this uh, weather today, mm. I was you know working from home, so I decided to turn the TV on to watch <laughs> sure. watch the festivities. <laughs> uh, you know, it's fun, kind of fun watching the the weather people. Like it's their this is their show now. Oh man, you know, there's no in. soap operas. There's no like was it Kelly Ripa on mm-hmm. the TV or anything like that. It's strange. It's, it's yeah, I don't know whoever the guys are. I don't know. No. I haven't seen that show in a decade, but. Uh, so it's the weather guy. It's all the weather people. Yeah, and they're like, gear up. You know, they're clicking their buttons and they're talking the whole time. It's just real. You know, then the actual tornado warning hits. Yeah, and they are visibly freaking out. <laughs> this is like the most exciting thing in the world for weather guy. Because <laughs> the rest of the time it's just like you get thirty seconds of airtime, right? Right. And there's like three of them at the one time. On they're me. all you know. There's the two. They switch to the other guy. They're asking. You know, it's you get to watch them make the sausage on TV there a mm-hmm. little bit. It's fascinating. But the school closing. So I'm watching the coverage, and they like some school in Rowan County closed, but they didn't actually release the students because of the tornado warning. Mm. So there's like 200 parents in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and the kids are good. They're in the cinder block building, right? Yeah. So if a tornado rolls through there, <clears throat> the old uh, foster system is going to have some more work for it, I think. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I guess the uh, all the parents would have been I just yeah, wiped that, away. I just got that joke. What joke? <laughs> You said the foster the, the twelve uh, the twelve disciples one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. we've been a lot of orphan kids. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. that was wow. it. Guys, I, I was that. I was that parent. Our <laughs> stupid a charter school charter Cabarrus Charter, and I'm calling them out by name. Decided it is too dangerous for the kids to remain in a brick building. Oh right, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna have to shut down this school. Probably one of the safest places in Cabarrus County, uh, and have you guys drive over in the wind, in the wind and the rain, to to pick them up. But alas, it's it's lightning, so we can't have people out there in the car, the car ride. You hold an umbrella out in the parking lot with lightning, right? Yeah. To 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 scan when the kids can be released. So as I'm making my way, which is normally about a fifteen to twenty minute. Uh, journey to get to the school. Uh, it's now pushing twenty five thirty because of the rain 
the flooding on the roads. It gets bad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, whatever. Normally, I'm just like, I'll just go pick him up. It was really bad. So I halfway there, I get there, and they're like, oh, by the way, it's going to be delayed. <laughs> what? So I get there. I'm in the carpool lane, right? There's cars in front of me. There's cars behind me. There's nowhere I can go. If if I all of a sudden see a tornado cross, is there a ditch the hill, you can crawl into? I'm gonna maybe. have to go to the ditch. Okay, but what moron decides? Hey, this is a good idea. Let's get all the parents out here. We're closing the school. The after after school care isn't gonna pick them up. What? Who made that stupid a decision? It has got me so livid. What's great is you know like CMS and Charlotte, they did not make that decision, right. and people are mad about that. That, yeah, I think that, it's where most of the tornadoes the actually t- touched down was in like, Mac, was, Mac County. It was Gaston, like Belmont. I think there was one in Belmont, Kings Mountain, just right outside. Matthews. They're Matthews, yeah. So was, they were all over. But for me, I mean, that brick building, I'd rather my kid be right. in there than in my stick house. Sure. But also, <laughs> the concern is what about the kids who can't get picked up because a parent is at work and their daycare ride gets canceled? Yeah. Yeah, their, their shuttle bus or whatever. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's the. I mean, granted, I want my kid with me. If something's going to happen like that, I want them with me because mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want a teacher to have to be responsible for my kid along with the nineteen sure. others. So, I prefer that kid to be with me. But also, I mean, you got to feel about the, like I said, like what if four four of those kids' parents can't get out of class or can't get out of work to come get their kids? You know I mean? Yeah, what are they going to do? Keep those yeah. let put those kids outside? I mean, yeah. <laughs> give, it, give it, them a life jacket and an umbrella. I mean, what, yeah, what are do? straight up because it was. Uh, we got the tornado, the fifty-two tornado warnings on our phone, just blaring. Oh yeah. Um. Hey, you know, around eleven thirty, we get a phone call from the school at eleven forty-five. Pick up your kid by twelve thirty. This tornado's not rolling through until twelve fifteen. What are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like y'all, you give me no no warning, and you're you're closing it down. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty livid at this point. Sure, that's what was great about public school is they move real slow on that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. so speaking, you know, the weather thing. Last yeah. week it snowed like for an hour, maybe. Right. It was yeah. 36 degrees outside, mm-hmm. but it snowed. snowed. So my wife said there was a line of people picking up their kids from school because it snowed. Yeah. Like it didn't like. It was a wet snow and never would have stuck. Just, yeah. There was no 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 chance of sticking. Yeah, there's no at imminent all. danger of, at, of anything. Yeah, it, that that to me that was even more ridiculous. Just yeah. hearing that was like really like just constant so, stream of. Well, they probably picked their, they probably picked the kids up and then went to the grocery store. Get the eggs. oh yeah you get the yeah milk bread yeah. and eggs, whiskey. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, well, we we've talked about on the show how we're trying to do better. Right. Uh, I decide I'm going to do something that I haven't done in quite a while is I'm going to join a gym. Um, So I made the hardest decision and the hardest part. What I think is, is calling the gym to book the appointment to look at it. That's to me is the hardest part. You made the appointment. I guess it made it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a partial commitment. No, that's full commitment for me. (laughs) Let's, Let's be clear. What if you didn't like the gym? Well then, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back. Oh, okay. but I made the appointment. Made the appointment, and that myself, that is a victory. Yes. Yeah, well, that's huge. Hey, there you go. Was it the? Uh, I think I posted on our Facebooks uh, day one. Drove by the gym, <laughs> <laughs> right? right. 
So I decided, all right, uh, let's get the fam. We're going to go check out this gym. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pumped up. I pull in, and it's it's the sports center here in Concord. Have you guys been to the sports center? I, I've driven by. Dun, dun, driven dun, by. I did dun, dun, one. Dun. Good job. Um, yeah, I would think when you walk in, that would be the Just do that, right? Yeah, not. copyright. Yeah. Uh, so so I pull up, and I'm like, all right, let's let's you know head on in. And then I look, it sits atop this giant hill mm. with numerous stairs. It's raining. Um, but in my head, I feel like I've been going to the gym for about a year and a half. I'm I'm ready to to tackle these stairs. Here we go. The little eight year old decides he's gonna you know jump up these stairs. We're gonna race two at a time, right? Yeah, two at a time. Yeah, because he's excited. He wants to go check this place out. I'm like, oh hey buddy, there's you know there's some stairs, but I've got this. So we say, hey let's let's race. Go, all right, all right. So um, you know I hold on to the pole, get ready to roll. I jump out of the, my starting gate and fe- fell. Flat on my face <laughs> on, on step number two, mind you. Uh, you know, big and going down the stairs, that, that's not good. You know, falling up the stairs. But I, I went down and, hey, buddy, that hurt. Hey, at least buddy. you had an excuse. Yeah. Uh, we got to do over. Do over later on a recover. I threw a hammy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm down for a month, pulled pull the ACL, whatnot. Uh, so we go, we tour the gym. He's all in love. Every day since then, he's wanting to go back. Um, so I decided I'm going to go ahead and join join the gym. We're going to do it. We're going to make the commitment. Here's our money, whatnot. Great. There's a welcome packet for you. We're ready to roll. It's up at the front desk. Um, so this Monday, I was like, all right, I'm going to go pick up my welcome packet. I walk up the stairs, realize I've done my workout for the day. I'll just go right back down the stairs. And that's that's the only thing I get to. I get up the stairs I'm like, hey, that's good enough. I don't need to pick up my welcome packet, and I go back down the stairs. And you could have done that for free. I could have done that for free, and Just I realized that at this point. Walk up, look at the inside of the gym, and go, eh, not today. And walk back <laughs> down the stairs. <laughs> the welcome packet is the thing that keeps me motivated to go back walk up the stairs. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm going back down. <laughs> do you like just go get like a protein shake after you walk up the stairs? At the gym? They do have like And then a go back down? Yeah, no. just walk in and get a shake. That's a good them. idea, though. Yeah. You know, I gotta, I That's gotta the best somehow. part of going to the gym is paying for a $10 protein shake. I got to fill up all the all the – uh, calories that I burn walking up the stairs. You're right. I gotta get the protein. Build that muscle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we also had our DCBC for um, for the month of February. You were not able to make it because of some prior commitment, which I'm upset about. <laughs> um, but we decided we're gonna check out this new Charlotte Cigar Loft in Concord. I was about to say, you know where that's located in downtown Concord. Does that make a bit of sense to you? Look, small business. embarrassed of Concord, I guess. I'd... But you would think you would <laughs> if, want. If to... you stand on the roof, you might be able to see Charlotte. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe on a clear day. Yeah. A clear night. Yeah. Um, so we had 15, 20 people there that night. A lot of people, yeah. Um, not everybody was smoking a cigar. Uh, probably about fifteen to twenty minutes into that bad boy, uh, the fire alarm decides to go off. In a cigar lounge. The, oh, the yeah. irony. Yeah, so they, they uh, we just got an overview of the place and mm-hmm. the air handler and how fast it can turn over the room. <laughs> sure. When people start smoking in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're good. Yeah. I think it's probably at least 30 minutes into the experience. Right. And it's just, you know, if you've ever heard a fire alarm in a commercial building. Yeah. Eh, eh, it's pleasant. How long so what, that what was the cause? I mean, obviously the cigar smoke, but did there, obviously their air handler doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Well, that, bottom that, line. That's what we figured out. For yeah, them. See, yeah. 
Sarah Pastor buddy, I had a huddle with him that night, uh-huh. and I could smell him coming to the place. Oh, yeah. So when he told me y'all went to the cigar lounge. I forgot all about it because I knew I couldn't make it. Right. And I was like, wow, that doesn't smell too good. It now was like, foggy in there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, the fire, fire department came out. So yeah. Three fire trucks. Three fire trucks. Wow. They were ready to roll. They had nothing better to so do. So I on. guess it was a good trial run for the cigar lounge. The the Charlotte Cigar Lounge. Yeah. So uh, are they going to make modifications? They're just going to let her eat? We have no idea. Mm. We uh, we packed up our stuff. <laughs> we hung yeah. out for a we, long time. No, yeah. yeah. No, we, it's we a nice place. There. Yeah. Overall, it was, it was a really nice place. You know, comfortable seats. No, so. Nobody stopped smoking when the <laughs> right. fire alarm went off. That was probably right. the best part. Yeah. yeah. Right, well. you're, you're committed. You know, you know the reason to smoke. Sure. Uh, there's no point to panic. The only thing that I was, you know, thinking about is if there was a real fire, mm. uh-oh, we got problems. Uh, but then I realized it's right above the hot dog place, mm. downtown Concord. I'm just going to go downstairs, raid their fridge, get all the hot dogs, and, hey, buddy, we got we got some food going on now. I, I kind of wonder if hopefully none of that smoke lofts down and wafts down Ooh. into the hot dog joint. You know, that that probably pretty miserable tenants, I, I would imagine. Have you been to the, the hot dog place? The Frank Farters? Yeah. yeah. At three for three dollars or whatever it is. Now, I, I can never get by. I've been there for once for lunch, but I can mm. never get by there when I think I want a hot dog because they sure. close at like an odd time. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, Those lunch like, places, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you're not there by two forty five, forget the jack. Is it just lunch? Yeah, yeah. Do they do breakfast or anything? No. No. Oh wow, it's like eleven to three. Eleven to three. I don't know if it's sad. It's probably gonna be like a it's, it's I, I think it's maybe like an hour and a half window. I think they even take a break <laughs> in there for lunch. They got to stop and eat their own. Yeah, hot dogs. it is. They're, it is. Are they open until they run out of hot dogs and they only buy one pack a day? Yeah, that, it's <laughs> it's something odd, man. I've, I've gone. I've, I've tried going by there several times, and I'm, there's always like uh, just closed or yeah. uh, be back. Or I mean, it's just odd. So yeah. very reasonable price. You must check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom, exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or check out his new website, at watchmancigars.com or the sponsor section of our website. All right, so uh, we want to talk about uh, a couple things that would, I think we'd be amiss if we missed talking. Uh, Kobe Bryant uh, passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, tragedy, I think there was a, a lot of... Um, I, I saw some Facebook posts of Kobe died, and I hope he knew Jesus... And don't you, you don't know when you're going to die. So, you know, make the decision for Jesus. Like they tried to Jesusify. Mm-hmm. Make it attract. Yeah. Which, by the way, boy, that made me mad. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. And, and it come, it turns out like he was coming from church. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he's a devout Catholic. Yeah. Evidently. Yeah. So. And so like, one, you're judging people. And two, you're going to use that. Well, I think, I think um, Christians... Have a and I'm as a Christian. I'm speaking as part of our tribe, but I think we have the the knack of being an asshole at the most inappropriate time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just one hundred percent. I mean, we just we have that ability. Yeah, and and we but we think we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. But that's like having an altar call or a funeral. We we had we had those yeah. worst moments to right. do that. Yeah. Can we get some of those tracks in like the lobby of the helicopter, like the airport? Oh. <laughs> Let's put drop some of those in there. Yep. <laughs> See, that's my type right? of humor, right? There. I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm, but I mean, dude was was amazing. Uh, but it is also amazing, like, and, and this is my whole push for living funerals. Like, he'll never know how much the world respected him, you know, until he dies. And I feel like. I kind of want to do that now. Like, I want you to tell me how much you respect me now. Well, I think I think dying. someone at his status knows that. Do you think so? Just because of all the accolades and um, trophies and rings and attaboys and conferences, he has his own tournament named after him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but on the on just on the personal level, like that's why in my circle, I try to constantly like mm-hmm. tell people how much I appreciate them, yeah. love them, things like that. But you just never know. I mean, and and also, I think you have also the two sides of, of when someone dies. And Kobe's a great exaggeration of that because you have the party that of he was so wonderful, had no no flaws. Mm. And then you have the party who goes, yeah, he's a basketball player, but he was also a rapist. You know, they, mm. they automatically come out in droves to do that. Yeah, we, we have a hard time of celebrating that individual or actually who he was and uh, what he accomplished. But we always have to rally back towards that mm. and you know i i have mixed emotions about that <clears throat> when it comes to someone like him because we we have an ability to forgive certain profile characters of their flaws but then accentu- accentuate that on certain other ones you know what i'm saying and that's the most interesting i think it, it as far as a celebrity death and in how they're how that life portrays out into the general culture but as far as a basketball player not the greatest, because Jordan will always be the greatest, <laughs> um, and we can debate on that. But he was pretty good. He I was mean. he was a fairly decent player. I mean, for someone to come out of high school directly to the NBA, yeah. that's a that's a rarity. There's not many people that can do. There's not many kids that can do that. I mean, yeah. they can, but then they'll be out of the league in three years. Uh, but he he had a, a a long tenure and probably still could play. Yeah. You know? Um, I think, but we have a way of bypassing a lot of things also he did a lot of great i mean he, mm-hmm. evidently he was a great father he had a redemption story yeah. um that i don't think was probably publicized as great as some other redemption stories would be yeah um but his redemption story was lived out with his family and his inner circle which yeah. i think is pretty awesome sure yeah and coach k spoke pretty highly of him too yeah. and during one of those interviews i saw mm. so yeah cool guy. you know what gets me is i never knew like as a charlotte basketball fan that the hornets drafted him he was on the team for like a week. Look, Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte sports. So you got, you know, I know. Yeah, Charlotte but, Hornets, the Charlotte or the Carolina Panthers, and I'll even say Atlanta, Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Hawks. Our Southeast teams have a, professional teams have a, had this ability to basically grab someone who's going to be the next Kobe, Kobe, ja- uh, Michael Brett Jordan, Favre. Brett Favre, and then all of a sudden get rid of them. Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta's done that. They've had rookies who have a forty. Home run season, you know, leading the batting, and all of a sudden trade him away in off season for two guys who are one year away from retirement. Mm. They always do that. Yeah. So we just we have a great ability to doing that in Carolina sports. Yeah, but that was the you know the headline that the city picked the Charlotte media picked up on was the you got him first the greatest Hornet that never was. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, they didn't they don't know about me. Yeah. Uh, so our, our special guest Nathan Evans. Um, 
from Rocky River Counseling. Can I ask you a question about this whole Kobe thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, like the nation, all they mourned, but then you saw people like taking it like personally, like they mm-hmm. knew Kobe, but they didn't. Like they never do. Why do we like do that with celebrities? Of like, oh man, my whole world is rocked, and I'm mourning like it was my firstborn. You know why? Why do we make that? That why? Why do we grieve in, this, in such sure. a way? Yeah, I think that's a question I asked myself a lot that week after. Um, I never was a Kobe fan. I I just I didn't love him as a person. Didn't respect his leadership style as a player. I thought he was selfish. Um, I always thought he was great, but as a he just never did anything for me. And then that Sunday afternoon, I'm on my phone playing some stupid game, and I get a text from uh, Justin. It was just Kobe exclamation point exclamation point question mark. Like, I don't, I don't know, whatever. I ignored it, and then another one came in. It's like on Twitter, like everybody does. <laughs> and uh, right, gotta figure out what's going on in the world. And it was a gut punch. I, I, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why. And it, it was that whole day I followed it, and my kids and wife were annoyed. I was had Sports Center on all day, and I, I think part of it was the idea. You know, as a father. You know, his his daughter's in there with him. The helplessness of that moment, what what uh, Vanessa and his kids are going through, and all just that whole emotional experience. And then the days uh, in the aftermath. You know, coming in that that first Monday to see clients, and um, first client of the day is like, oh, crazy weekend with Kobe, right? And so we spent some time talking about it. And and it wasn't that client, but shortly thereafter, uh, somebody brought up uh, it's a pretty well known quote that uh, everyone dies. Uh, but not all of us will live. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of his takeaway that Kobe lived this life, uh, incredible life. And, uh, but we all get this sense it was cut really short. Mm. And I think it was, there was something about him as a father, um, him as a husband, and how somebody who has it all could, it could all just be taken away in a moment. I think it really clicked with a lot of people. I think it brought people in, into, uh, just a perspective of their humanity that mm. um, that really it just really resonated with you. And it's odd that it's like a, a sports figure, you know. Like you know, people die all the time, right? And then and you, there's famous people that died all the time, but like for some reason, this particular sports figure it really impacted. Well, he was a very polarizing sports figure, you know. Mm. Like he had so much talent and so many accolades and he was i think an interesting personality on some level yeah uh i think about like when dell earnhardt died he was one of those like top of his genre or his you know area and i was and i grew up in you know i I lived like three miles from his shop (laughs) growing (laughs) up so like in my community yeah he was a big deal um and i remember i don't know i was probably 1920 when he died and that was just like, oh, wow, you know, this is some guy, this is close to home. And I think for a lot of NBA fans or just pop culture fans, Kobe's huge, you know. So it, it's you get that recognition or something. It's like, yeah, I know that guy, but mm. you don't know him. Yeah. Yeah, it's that weird personification, like you know this person and you don't, but then you mourn like you do. So Yeah. Um, we're also going to talk about Super Bowl, producer Brian. The only reason why I was pulling for the 49ers was because I know you're a huge fan. I'm a little, little fan, small fan, yes. 
yeah. have been for a very long time, almost 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, exactly 30 years. By the Has it? Yeah. From from today? Well, not from today. Like, <laughs> exactly, yes. 30 right. to the second. To the second. You made it. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was it was a tough one yeah. to, to swallow there at the end. You know, I can't be too – I mean, it's a great season. So If you ain't first, you're last. Apparently, that's what I mean. <laughs> the The media afterwards is kind of brutal, and just you know, Ooh. some of the things that people like to say to hurt people. Mm. It hurts. Trolls. Yeah, uh, but you know, I can't complain about anything. I mean, it was a great season. Yeah. How many? How many teams get to go to the Super Bowl? Two a year, two, <laughs> right? <clears throat> right. So I mean that's a success, right? Just to sure and be in it, it's, even, but it's a great opportunity to build off that for the next year too. Yeah. And that's a lot. A lot of times people don't realize that. Yeah, and there's some you know it could be some cap issues, but to, to be in it for 52 minutes of 60, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think one of the things that everybody loves about the Super Bowl are the commercials. Are there any that really kind of jumped out at you that you're like, oh, that was a great one? I think for me, there's a Jeep Gladiator uh, yes. ad that yes. was uh, the Groundhog Day. Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. It was that was so perfect. Good. It was that, that one was one of the ones that began to end and grabbed me. Yeah, I loved it. No, that was a great one. That one in the Alexa commercial with the "What did we do before?" Oh, oh that was the, had to be my favorite one. Ellen. Of all. The Ellen, yeah, just going through, like they had everyone had a name that was kind of similar to Alexa you know, <laughs> right. turn down the temperature three degrees and she throws a log through the <laughs> window or whatever. that one really got me that I was a good it. one yeah. nothing that was good like oh wow really yeah to my to my memory okay do you guys remember I think my favorite was the Google commercial where the old man is like hey Google remember oh, remember this one. and, and yeah. it was about Loretta, his dying or his dead wife has passed away. And remember this. Remember when we used to laugh. You know, what is her sound? Her laugh. I was crying by the end of that one. Yeah. So basically, we're saying AI will, will replace our loved one. Is that what we're saying? Not replace it, but like, I think it was good to say, hey, you know, if you want to remember, you can always ask Google. I, got, I think it was interesting how they incorporated the use of technology for seniors. Hmm. Um, you know, like, hey, this, you can actually use this stuff. It's not. So instead not of saying, hey, Google, you got to say, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any others that you that you liked? I, I like the Mountain Dew uh, commercial that was a remake of The Shining with Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty I thought good. that one was a good one. Anyone else? I, they're, uh, Charlie Day uh, mm. from oh, It's Always Sunny, which is one of my favorite shows. Uh, he was in like, I don't even know. He was, every time I looked up, he was in a commercial. Well, that so. was a Tide commercial. In a Bud Light commercial. Just kept carrying over. In, like, what kind of, how much did that cost for he Tide? Because Tide was in everybody else's commercial. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like a, yeah. Um, what was the other one? That I, oh, the one thing I, I wanted to point out is Budweiser didn't have one this year, did they? With the Clydesdales? No, there was this, no Clydesdales. I think this is the first Oh, wait a minute. I, there was a Budweiser commercial. I'm looking through the list yeah, here they to had see. Yeah, the, uh, the Bud Knight. But it yeah. wasn't the Clydesdale. That was that's tradition. Typical the... American. Yeah, that what was a, that? that was a pretty good one. That's Budweiser. I don't remember that one. See, I typically don't. The commercials aren't my thing, yeah. especially when my team's playing. So that's like, sure. That's the bathroom. You part. turn it over to the puppy bowl. Uh, 
no, the porcelain bowl. Um, oh, I got you. Uh, there's Doritos, the cheat, all oh, the Cheetos that can't touch this. That was a good one. I, yeah, that was nice. With the, now, let's talk. Can we talk about Cheetos popcorn for a second and why that has not existed before now? Wait, what? The it was Cheetos was it? popcorn. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you get the. A $30 can of popcorn for during Christmas, the fundraiser thing. From the, from the Boy Scouts. With the caramel and the butter and the cheese. Yeah. And the cheese is top two flavor in that can, right? Ooh. I guess. I usually eat, like, call the caramel. It's the top two. The caramel. Because yeah. you know what you're eating last. Yeah. Oh, uh, just a plain? Yeah. yeah. You're eating the caramel, the cheese, or the, you know, you take the little thing out. Yeah. And right. you just get a handful of both <laughs> at one time. Right. But sure, Chicago style. Yes. That's a whoa. Chicago, what did you say? Chicago style, Chicago. the caramel and the cheese together. It's That's Chicago, Chicago style? Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I need to... Have you not had it? No. It's I really good. You haven't done that? I have not. Oh, dude. Well, it's good. I, I didn't know Chicago owned that. Yeah. That yes. upsets uh, me thought, a little bit. thought you could like, uh, call, eat popcorn thought was, and get shot or something. I called it Brian Chicago style. style but. <laughs> you call it Brian style? Yeah. Uh, you're just going to rename everything that happens Brian style? I, I thought like of it. it. I thought of it That's first. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Amazon before Lex. Uh, oh, the Walmart, you know, had all the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Um, the One of the dumbest ones to me was the Martin Scorsese and Jonah Hill. Oh, I hated that. Because you know they hang out, right? Sure. Why pick those two? And then the best part is like right after the Super Bowl, um, they have the abbreviated version of the commercial, which makes absolutely no sense if you don't get the full like 60 seconds of him. I'm texting back and forth and See, the coke I would've, energy. Yeah. I would have pre- I would have preferred like Commissioner Gordon and Batman. Like that would have been a good one. Like, hey, are you coming? Yeah. And then the dot dot dot. Uh, yeah, the bat signal kind of yeah. thing. I don't feel like it. Yeah, that that would be a better commercial. Okay. Hands down. I just made millions. Probably cheaper than what they paid those two also. So. <laughs> I mean but Jonah Hill, like what's he done lately? He lost some weight. Yeah. And then he gained it back. Uh, oh, Post Malone. That was the other one I really liked. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't care for his music, but the fact that everyone in his head had tattoos like him, yeah. that amused me. Those tattoos just make, it just freaks me out. I don't like his music because he's, of his tattoos well, he's on his not, face. He looks like he should be a, like a thug rapper or something. Right. He's not. No, <laughs> no not at all. And you know Grandma must have loved that. Like, yeah. Why does he got all yeah. these tattoos? And flannel, you know, those two things. Sure. What about the, the halftime commercial or the halftime oh. show? Y'all. Y'all. Mama Cetus. <laughs> 50 and 40. Uh, good for them. I, good for them. 43. 43. Yeah. I bet they don't fall when they run up the stairs. They, they the just don't lie. No, no, don't. Look, it's amazing how I, I, my, my family enjoyed the show because mm-hmm. I think I, I watched the show and then I went to bed. But, you know, <laughs> Shakira was awesome, I think. Mm-hmm. Except, except the one part where she looks at the, that part. Yeah, that, no, yeah. that drove that. me nuts. That, that was, and then they're playing the fake guitar. Was that, like, was, that was awesome. I was like, that's never gonna. She's never gonna live that down. No. The next day, I see that like that's, 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 that's a screenshot. It's a meme, you know. <laughs> yeah, instantly. <yeah. clears throat> but. Uh, the, but you know the you see all the moms and the dads on the news channels. Uh, you know mm-hmm. the, the news loves to do the no, little clickbait. Hey, uh, what was your thoughts on the halftime show? And then you mm-hmm. you see everyone out there. Well, you know, it's a disgrace. My daughter was watching. But you know the previous years when you have guys out there mm-hmm. Adam Levine, shirt, yeah, nope. taking his shirt off. Yep. Nobody's or about that. The, these are the same mothers who take their their daughters to dance. You know recitals. The 
in you know dance class and these dance recitals where the kids yeah. are basically wearing a, wearing a two piece, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and twerking and twerking basically, yeah. and all of a sudden we're like you know we're mad about well, these women, it. yeah, mm-hmm. so. Just get of yourselves, people. Yeah, I mean, remember, like after like the Janet Jackson thing, you would, yeah. it got really clean for a while. They yeah. had like Paul McCartney was all like yeah. old people, no yeah. one wanted to watch, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Then they've gradually like yeah, pushed the got a little riskier and riskier. Mm-hmm. I'm and they get longer. Are they getting longer every year? Because that was that was that felt like I don't a long I don't care for any of their either of their music personally. It just doesn't. Uh, I'm interested in it. I believe that. So I was just waiting for the game to come back on. Like, yeah. Come on. I was trying to find. I was. Go- I was. Uh, I was asking Alexa where the closest Colombian and Puerto Rican restaurants were because I was like, <laughs> man, this is good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just. I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, couldn't understand half their songs because oh, that was the other thing. I, Spanish. I kept thinking about is like, how many people are going to be outraged because it ain't American. It ain't American. You ain't speaking English. What's going on? But you know, for Football. I mean, love or love or not, I mean, NFL is an export now. You know, we have people all across the world that watch the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, you have. I think the Jaguars <clears throat> are moving to London, right? Yeah, supposedly they want to put a team in Mexico City. That's yeah. Just... So I mean, we're you know, NFL is inter- international now. So I mean, and also you got to look. I mean, they were in Miami. Right. Well, yeah, that's a very Miami. That's and, it. Yeah. I can't I mean, wait for a Gloria Estefan to show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh no. And Pitbull. Please right. no. Please no. Did Pitbull Miami come Sound on a few Machine. years ago? Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think what would be great during the halftime show, then, if that's your argument, is then a soccer game should break out. <laughs> the, Nobody the, the, real, the real football. <laughs> <laughs> American uh, football. Um, yeah. I thought they'd One more commercial real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the soda stream where they discover water on Mars. Oh, yeah. And the guy puts it in the soda stream mm-hmm. and drinks it. That was pretty that funny. Was, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Any other thoughts from you, Nathan? Yeah, we we actually watched the game with uh, a friend and her boyfriend, both from Miami. So they, they loved the halftime. They knew every word to every song. They were they were digging it. So uh, they did hate the um, the hard rock hotel commercial that was like a minute long michael bay produced it uh and it had like i don't know j-lo and a-rod and yeah, oh, yeah and i got distracted was, i forget what it was about yeah they were just angry because they're like that's not miami that's not um, that's right so, la and they just yeah, they didn't they were that one was a weird one yeah it was yeah. a lot well it was michael bay so it was a lot yeah so and snickers dug the hole to fix the world to put all the problems in oh that was oh yeah the selfie the couple snickers fell hole. in i was fine with it. yeah that's can't wait for follow up on that one. <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's go into some wacky news brought to you by eighteen twelve barbecue. If you have a catering event that you need, if you need some fantastic barbecue with amazing sides, check out our friends at eighteen twelve barbecue. Uh, guys, this coronavirus thing is going going around. Stuck on uh, cruise ships now, all over the place. A man with the coronavirus claims that he overcame the illness. With, get this, hot whiskey and honey. A British man living in China claims he beat the uh, coronavirus by downing glasses of hot whiskey and honey. Um, Connor Reed, 25, who teaches English in Wuhan, China, the epicenter of the outbreak that has killed more than 400 people and sickened over 20,000, told the son that he was diagnosed with the virus two months ago. He went to the hospital, has trouble breathing. Um, they said that they're going to give him some medicine to beat it. He 
he decided like an idiot, I'm not going to take any medicine for whatever reason. I don't know why. And then he said, um, he didn't, he refused the antibiotics and started drinking hot tea and honey and then became, uh, much vet, much better. And then he is now cured of said virus. Yeah. In his defense, I'm not sure I would buy prescription drugs in China either. No, that's Just, probably you know. point. <laughs> Let me point out, let me point out oh, in 2019, over 8,800, 88,000 people died from the flu. Over 8 million hospitalizations. I think the flu has a bad PR company. Mm. to backs them up. I mean, Corona, Corona kills like 400 people. It's like the walking dead apocalypse. Right. That we foreshadow. I mean, but all of a sudden, you know, the flu, eh, yeah, I mean, if this is, has happy little things, you get a free sucker if you don't <laughs> shot. You know, if this is still going on during like Cinco de Mayo, a bunch of Mexican places are going under under because they can't sell Corona cheap. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, but no, I, the, the Corona, compare Corona with sublime disease. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of this article, you get the fact that the flu has a bad PR person. I think so, yeah, absolutely. You need to make it more scarier. I, absolutely. I mean, because you know what? You got to think about it. The flu. Right. Kills that many people. Okay. Because it's different every year. Yeah, but here's the thing. You have a measles outbreak, and you look at it. Measles, you got three people have measles, and they call it an outbreak. Yeah. And they shut down, like, Disney World over this day to, like, you know, to clean it. But all of a sudden, you know, the flu, eh. But if the flu came on an airplane from another country, they'd get real excited oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I'd be scared about that. Well, it happens every day. It's just a bad PR person. Yeah, but it's not from China. They need to have, yeah. I guess that that part, I think, is the foreign just imagine, just imagine, Africa just, just imagine if it was a Russian flu. Oh. They're mm. going to, what they're doing is they're infecting people to vote for Trump. Ha- they're hacking. They're hacking. By making his hack. Biohack. <laughs> Do you, do you think this honey and whiskey thing worked? Basically a hot toddy. Grand, grandma always swore by honey uh, right? and whiskey. That's, is this not a hot toddy? On the internet, it's got to be true. I mean, it's only got a 2% fatality rate. So, I mean, it, it, and they say those 2% that they were already, comp- most of them were already compromised some way. So, I think whiskey works as I well see, as I think gra- See, I think Chinese grandma over there is, you know, like how our, our grandmas are like, mm-hmm. drink, you know, chicken noodle soup. Right. Everything. Yeah. You know, you, I got the clap. Uh, ch- yeah, you know, chicken noodle soup. <laughs> right. Cancer. My, I got my grandmother chi- is Porter's Liniment Salve. Well, that too. But, yeah. that. but you know, you got to eat that with your chicken noodle soup. You rub it on. But I, I wonder in China if their grandmas are prescribing bat soup. Bat soup? <laughs> That's where it supposedly started. God almighty. I thought it was by somebody <sighs> licked a monkey's butt. And then, uh, oh, God, why don't I show up tonight? <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst episode ever. <laughs> Oh man! Did I miss it? Yeah, this supposedly in the wet these wet markets. You know, are you familiar with the wet market? No. Let me catch you up. Hey, people yeah. don't don't eat bats. How about all that? Right. So in in Wuhan, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna in Wuhan, and all over all over China, they have these things called wet markets. Basically, these open air okay. flea market with just nothing but food. Like mm-hmm. you have yeah. you'll have like live chickens next yeah. to where they're dissecting goats. I've seen I've well, seen that on okay. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, hmm. but this is like on massive scales because these okay. you know these communities are huge. In it's China. like uh, Sam's Club for yeah for live meat, right? Live, yeah. dead, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so they in, in the Wuhan. One of the specialties is is bat soup, where they actually take bats and make a soup out of it. Okay. Anyway, supposedly that's ground zero. It's oh. coronavirus. Bat hmm. soup. 
Did anybody Maybe. raise your hand if anybody knew knew that beforehand? There's no hands being raised. There's no hands. Like I, I said, I, I got to quit showing up. I got to start showing up for the stupid version. Somebody doesn't pay attention to news. That, that's, that needs that, to be no, me. No, that's 100%. I do not pay. I have not paid attention at all. I read the news every day, but it's stuff like, well, this, because I think you sent this article. I, <laughs> yes, you did. I thought, I, thought I, I heard that it came from somebody licked a monkey's butt. I'm not joking. That's the other virus from like oh, is that from uh, Somalia or something. All right. So we'll, we'll just pa- bypass this. Be done with it. No monk, no monkey butt licking. Okay, no, no, no monkeys were harmed. That's probably just that's probably just good advice generally. You know, not don't just, eat bat soup. Yeah, and, and, and definitely don't. don't lick a monkey's butt. That's that's definitely a great advice. Why would you? Oh gosh, that's just it can't be good. What? Right? <laughs> which which one? <laughs> is that either one? Maybe maybe does maybe, it matter? Hey, this is what happened. What? Someone which had one? someone had bat soup and had to get the flavor out of their mouth, so they licked a monkey's okay. butt to get the taste out of their mouth. That's oh, perfect. Man. Some gum. <laughs> oh my gosh! Speaking of, um, th- yeah, I bet both of those would make Peta upset. Many years ago, when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world, picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue, and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812 Barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148 or email eric at eric.line at 1812Barbecue.com and he'll be glad to help any way he can. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Who's this. Who's Peter? Just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that chain of restaurants where you get like some meat and a piece of bread. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. Peter Pit. Yes, um, thank you. That's, do you guys walk? Do you guys walk your dogs? You you got a, a brand new dog. Yeah. I'm not that good with a yo yo. So okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. You, do you have a? We don't have a dog. You don't have a dog. Got kids. Um, the people uh, you, you're referring to that wrong. You're not allowed to say you're walking your dog anymore. Uh, the people of the ethical treatment of animals has sparked some backlash after a sport, sport bleh, spokesperson for the animal rights organization called the term pet derogatory, claiming that it patronizes the animal. On the daytime show Good Morning Britain, Jennifer White of PETA attempted to explain the group's position on the word pet and suggested that it should be switched to a more inclusive term like companion and human carer. She says, quote, a lot of people at home who have dogs or cats will call them pets and refer to themselves as owners. And this implies that the animals are a possession, like cars, for example. Um, sorry, please yeah. go ahead. That's... When you refer to animals not as living beings um, as they are, but an inanimate object, it can reflect our treatment on these animals. 
There's a whole lot more, but that's she basically. is the main reason why we do not deserve God's grace and salvation, <laughs> and we deserve to be hit by an asteroid all obliterated. obliterated. Uh, w- when you refer to animals not as the living beings that they are, but as an inanimate object, because what? they are. The, How about the inanimate objects? Pets are. Excuse me. Pet implies what? a living. Well, hold on. That's a, Let's a look term at of endearment, isn't it? Like no. PETA stands for Pet People doesn't... Ethical Treatment of Animals. So should we even call them animals anymore? Mm-hmm. Because in their name, they're kind of you know complicit in this behavior. And I mean, should we not call them animals? Should we just Eth- call them companions? ethical treatment of sentient life forms? Is that a <laughs> let's get technical? Yeah. It, what are you going to sentient? Are you guys going to change your your pet's name and start saying it's your companion? No. Me? No. Uh, I, I, that implies some other things, right? Right. Okay. Like my wife is my companion. I'll say that. So can your pet be your partner as well? Is that is that what's maybe? Next? Okay. Maybe they should say it's your partner. Where do we stop on this, guys? We can't call it a pet anymore. A companion. I tell you like, what, it implies some like equal footing. Right. Of some level, right. like is yes. it, is this dog paying rent? I mean, what? Mm-hmm. Where, what? Buying what, his own food. Yeah. What's what's the arrangement here? Right. <laughs> I tell you what, young lady from Britain, if my dog stops looking at his butthole, <laughs> then I'll stop calling it a, a, a pet. No, to call it a companion. Well, evidently we're licking monkey butthole, so yeah, should we be called well, the that's pet? Different though. We're not licking our own. If you want my respect, you stop looking that right now. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be a companion, you'll you'll take that out of your mouth. Um, What about uh, equating the term owner and ownership, like we own the pet? Well, if if money exchanges hands for some of the time, right? That's my whole. I mean, adopting a pet is maybe you still have to buy. There's some money involved, right? Right. There's also money involved when you give birth to a kid or go to foster care or adopt. So is that considered ownership? I mean, to, to, until they like make some money. Yeah. Until they can, hold until, on. Until let's, they let's, can buy let's, their way out of their contract. Yeah. Absolutely. If I if I if I work ten hours a week at ten dollars an hour, do I have to pay taxes on that? So technically, does the government own me? Jeez. So now you're the well, let, yeah. Let's let's break this down. Let's let's, uh, let's use the same logic. To the, I've already drinking too much of this to this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> But y'all, is it, at what point do we go too far? I, I, I will contemplate this tonight as I eat a as I eat a BLT mm-hmm. and down it with a beer and a side of cheeseburger. There so you go. yeah, that's beautiful. All right, last story, um, guys. I think this is actually a pretty good idea. Uh, there's GPS soles that are now available for seniors with dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, uh, new technology sometimes involves problems. Or solves problems in ways that we never thought of. This idea calls comes from a company called GPS Smart Soul. These special insoles use GPS and cell, cellular technology to track the person wearing them. The special app lets you use the phone or computer to find persons that you're locating. Uh, these insoles can be used for different different applications such as Alzheimer's, dementia, children with special needs, people with brain injuries, or people who are at risk of wandering like your cheating husband and or spouse, the technology... Or your companion pet. (laughs) (laughs) Companion. (laughs) The technology is water-resistant, hidden, but requires a charge once a day. Oh, that's going to be a problem. The reason uh, the GPS is hidden in the soles of shoes is that loved ones usually don't forget their shoes when they go out. The device costs $299 
and the service is between fifteen to twenty five dollars a month. But some medical companies do cover that. Thoughts, ideas? It's cheaper to hide a damn iPhone in the shoe. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Yeah. So you the, could get like those little, uh, those luggage tag things. Mm-hmm. The tiles? Like, the tile yeah. or something. Yeah. Just like, you know. Yeah. That's Bluetooth, though. You're not going to be able to Well, there's some proximity. It. There's some, some, someone's making something now or they're about to. Well, here's the thing. You can't say that you can't create some type of rechargeable item that works off the inertia of the shoe. Oh, yeah, that's you know true. You know I'm saying? Like, they have these flashlights that you can shake them mm-hmm. and it actually charges a, a kinetic battery. Why not create I mean, something like don't that? Don't people get their companions chipped sometimes? Can't you get grandma chipped the same way? <laughs> I think that works. Yeah, that's a, a great point. idea. Yeah. Uh, See a wandering person. Yeah. And, and oh, just where do you belong? Beep. Yeah. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. It's like the what? Go go through the wall the line at Walmart. You know, your self checkout. Oh, you kept yeah. scanning yourself. That'd be scary. Yeah, it's like a Simpsons. <laughs> Nathan, any thoughts on that? I, Is that a pretty good idea? I love idea? it. I love my my wife is a social worker. Works with. Uh, the elderly and does a lot with dementia and Alzheimer's, and so I think she's always oh, uh, it's old timers. Yeah, right. <laughs> old timer companions. It, uh, yeah, I think it's a uh, anything to help uh, help us uh, keep track of uh, the loved ones in our lives. I'm go for it. Yeah, technology's right. great. Way to go. Who has to charge it? That's my question. Like, there's some technical questions. Too I much. Have. I like Brandon's idea. Oh. The inertia. Charging. Yeah. What about what about grandma who goes out naked? Because, you, you know, you have this Hold solar alert. But apparently they don't forget their shoes. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you guys remember that, that movie, um, oh, man, The Visitor? Cocoon? Oh. Wait, what'd you say? Sorry, Cocoon, right? All the oh. old people in the pool. Uh, the Visitor, it was a M. Night Shyamalan movie mm. where, like, the kid goes to visit the grandparents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't wear no shoes. She got out. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that, that was, one. That was a great movie. That was, that seen, was a good movie. It's creepy. But good. It has a great ending, by the way. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those since The Village, I think. Was last um, yeah. That was a good one, too. I like that one, yeah. Um, all right, so let's go into some hot topics brought to you by Hook, Line, and Heroes. 501c3 company that helps our vets uh, by fishing and developing or giving them a um, – helping – They go fishing. They go fishing and tell yep. people about God. How about yep, that? There you go. There we go. Um, all right, so just some hot topics, thoughts. We didn't do a whole ton of research on this. State of the Union, did anybody, did anybody watch it? Um, I did not. I, uh, no. About a half hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. I oh, man. I, zero. I was just eating dinner. My wife had it on. Yeah. Congratulations, sir. Well, you're the expert on this. Any thoughts? <laughs> it was... It was fine. It was as divisive as I assumed it was going to be. Yeah. No, no, nobody was cheering for either side. So. I went back and watched the highlights. Okay, you know, like you know, the, look at you. The the moments so that you know every define every state of the union probably since I've been alive is the ones where they they name a certain so so and so standing in the gallery tonight. That those oh, yeah, yeah. moments okay. like that. There's a couple tearjerkers there where they they mm-hmm. reunited the. Serviceman with his family. Oh, that gets like, me every those time. Those get me every time, especially every walking time. to school. Uh, mm-hmm. This one got me big time, too. Oh. I, 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 luckily, they didn't know they were there? Mm-mm. So oh. luckily we don't have that, that clip cued because I'd probably cry again like I did before. Yeah. Um, that one. Um, did you see that? I didn't see that. I saw the oh. the uh, grand, great-grandfather, the oh, World Oh, yeah, let's give a little this. context on this. So Trump announces this little kid, 13-year-old kid, says, you know, this, this kid – Yada 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 grows up such and such wants to be part of Space Force. Oh, and behind him in the gallery tonight is uh, 
McNair, I think is his last name, the Tuskegee Airman, who happens to be 100 and happens to be this kid's great-grandfather. And you're like, what? Plot twist. I mean, yeah, that was was (laughs) was a great one. That was a great one. So, so. It's the same guy that was at the Super Bowl? Yeah, that, that same exact How guy. many hundred-year-old Tuskegee Airmen are there? Well, uh, exactly one. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, is, is Trump kind of trying to do his own Google commercial? I, I think he, look, he had the tearjerker moments. There was, there was a couple times, and there was mm-hmm. another one where um, uh, Kayla Mueller, who was the aid worker, who um, who basically said that she, you know, she didn't, most, this is a quote by Kayla Mueller. She was, by the way, she was the aid worker who was captured by ISIS uh, who was Baghdadi's um, personal right. okay. slave, and then you know she was kept in captivity for five hundred something days of being raped and and abused, and then was killed. Yeah. So, um, and one of her one of her quotes that she wrote was that um, sometimes you know people find their faith in love and um, and happy moments and this and that. She mm. finds her faith in suffering, and mm. she found her faith that you know she was able to be a helping hand to people who are suffering. Mm. Great, great inspirational quote. Well. Um, uh, he had her family there in the gallery, the mom and dad, and just talked about how uh, on the night of the operation, uh, the the the, team, the special forces team uh, named that that operation uh, Operation Eight Fourteen, which was her birthday, mm. and then they went in and um, pretty much wiped out Al Baghdadi, and so her mother and father stood up with her picture, not a frame picture, just like a rustic picture that they mm. pulled out of the pocket and. Uh, it was a touching moment, you know. Yeah. I, I, that, that was a, that was probably one of the more gut wrenching moments. Also, Hookline and Heroes is a five hundred one c three nonprofit based in Charlotte, North Carolina, founded in two thousand seventeen to show God's love and appreciation for our disabled and PTS military veterans. They provide professionally guided fishing trips to nominated veterans at no cost to the veteran. Hookline and Heroes has provided over thirty plus trips around the Carolinas since their founding from red fishing down in Charleston to striper fishing on Lake Norman, and even offshore fishing down in Florida. Each trip is a one-on-one experience with a member of the organization aiming to provide a day of fun and relaxation on the water and begin a lifelong relationship with them. Each veteran leaves the day with a fully stocked tackle box, rod and reel, apparel, a Bible, and a daily devotion to to kickstart their new hobby, and build their relationship with God. Please take the time to visit their website at hooklineandheroes.org to hear and learn more about them. You can help in many ways by nominating a veteran you know through their website, join their monthly giving program, Healing Heroes, or send a one-time personal or corporate donation. You'll also be happy to hear that they are completely volunteer-run and nearly 100% of your donations goes directly towards providing trips for the veterans. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to see their veteran stories and to show your support. For political points, you could also tell the the time where um, uh, there's one young lady that uh, he gave a scholarship to for, uh, you know, because the school system is so bad in Philadelphia that mm. single working mom and they're going to provide a scholarship for her to go to another school. And mm. Well, things like that. Just it, It's kind of like... <sighs> I think I think it's where Trump is kind of a master of speeches in a lot a lot of ways. There are ones that are prompted, you know, teleprompted. Um, because it's he he was able to conceal that plot twist. Like 
the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this kid looked, wants to go to Space Force. Oh, by the way, this guy standing behind him is his great grandfather. He was mm-hmm. one of the greatest generation. Plot twist. Well, yeah, he knows how to make a television show. Oh, he does. He's That's... he's a great producer, scripted producer, yeah. artist, things like that. So also, Trump is like M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. Exactly. I, I can see that, yeah. Plot twist. Didn't see it coming. So they were in the woods the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> It was current day. Actually, they were, de- they were dead two years ago. Oh, wow. I thought the State of the Union was about, like, the state of the country and, and what, like yeah. how things well, are did, going. He, he did that. He, he gave, I, I think, from the highlights I've watched, um, he he laid out economic accomplishments, uh, economic accomplishments over the past four years. I mean, we're at a 3.5, 3.4 unemployment right now. That's pretty low i mean if you talk to people in small business they can't even find help right now because mm. of mm. you know the, the the unskilled labor that would be a part of certain pools are no longer there sure, just I because just, everybody's reading i just know all the other stuff was stuck in there is that the thing that's, well, that's always have everyone's done i've it. watched zero yeah wow. I, I usually May, watch, you know i might have watched the one right after 9-11 <laughs> yeah that was a big one <laughs> i mean I, I i usually watch them all it's just that i'll be honest with you it, it it becomes so divisive, like Nathan said. It just becomes unpalatable. I don't care what side of the aisle you're, uh, aisle you're on. I mean, just in the highlights, you can watch Nancy Pelosi chew her face off. You know, you know she's biting her inside her mouth like she always does because she's so geeked up on something. <laughs> and you know, you just can tell, and you know that you know if there's a Republican president, the Democrats aren't going to stand. If there's a Democrat president, the Republicans aren't going to stand. And there's going to be that constant. That whole thing is just. Theater. Exactly. Right. In, yeah. in politics, is theater for the ugly. Yeah. And it literally is. So, did you have any thoughts that? No, I nailed that. You're, the, it, you're yeah. the specialist. Right. I guess I'm. Yeah, I am. It, no, it. It's tough. I. You know. I, I. Trump did pretty well as far as delivering it. I don't think he's a an incredible uh, speaker most of the time, but he did he did pretty well in, in delivering. I think the message he was. He was trying to to put out, and um, yeah, but it's just hard. It's hard to engage the message with the the theater, the mm. the orchestration of the cutaways of you know they're trying to show the people shaking their heads or 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 scowling or nodding in agreement or you know it's all it's all just trying to get us uh, get us pulled one way or the other. So could we just like just go back to radio and just listen to it? That'd be good. Well, it, I think. Maybe we just go back to one, one, just, you know, have one shot. And in um, fact, you know, if you look at historically, that's George Washington's first State of the Union speech was received so badly. He got so mad that the next State of the Union, he stayed home. There's like one, one camera. Is that the problem? I, uh, Is yeah, that on YouTube? One, <laughs> can I watch that? We can try. But he, he was so, he just basically wrote his speech and just gave it to someone to give it to. There you to, go. Yeah. I mean, he's like, good it. yeah, why not? There you go, George. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised the State of the Union ain't on Twitter. You know, I mean, he oh, likes yeah. to tweet. So he can just tweet the whole thing. Yeah. Wow, that'd be fun to read. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter storm. All right, let's uh, let's uh, go ahead and go to our um, to our special guest. He's already been talking for a while. So Nathan Evans, um, Rocky River Counseling. Um, what what all can we say about you? You've got a uh, degree in Christian counseling. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've got a degree in Christian counseling from uh, Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. I uh, Just two weeks ago, I got uh, fully licensed with the state. Uh, first three years, I was a, a, a 
license, licensed professional counselor associate, and then they changed the name of the the whole license right before I got a license. And so now I'm a uh, clinical mental health counselor is my my title. Ooh, and I so, can charge more, right? Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's uh, sorry, I should be saying that. Probably. No, no, it's part of the part of it. No, it. Uh, so it, yeah, it's I've uh, been had my practice for uh, going into my fourth year and uh, work with all sorts of people. So, good work. Specialties uh, on psychology today. Yeah, it says good anxiety, spot. depression, and marital and premarital counseling. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, you know, it, Psychology Day is an advertising site, so you got to hit your hit your common search search places, and those mm-hmm. those are the those are the places where most people come in. Um, is is one of those three spots. Um, you know, I do a lot of marital counseling of couples, but I also do a lot of marital counseling of individuals because just one person wants to participate, and uh, it uh, it's not an ideal place to start, yeah. <laughs> but everybody's got to start somewhere, and uh, so but. You know, anxiety and depression are the, are pretty easy things for anybody to identify in themselves. You know, they know when they've had, had some anxiety rolling for a while or, or they're really depressed and they know when their their marriage isn't good. And so those mm-hmm. are normally what brings people in the door. And then what what the work we actually do, that's that ends up being a lot, a lot more complex usually. Um, one of the things that I noticed, like issues, and we can talk more about this later, but one thing I thought was interesting was video game addiction. Mm-hmm. Like that's a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, and I also heard like screen time is also like yeah. to the point where it's addicting. I just had this conversation with a with a mom today, and um, you know, two two preteen daughters, and and trying to figure out how to regulate technology in a way that you know, technology is how the under under well. It goes up every year, but the, especially the the teen and preteen, that's how they communicate with each other. That's mm-hmm. how they connect with their peers. And so for her wanting, not wanting her, her daughters to be Amish, not to be like social lepers, but also mm-hmm. not let them be the ones that are up at two in the morning checking for likes on Instagram and, and just kind of trying to give her some tools, practical and, and otherwise to to manage that. So and so that's a growing thing that's happening. Yeah, and there's over. some great there's some great tools. I'll I'll just throw out there because I told her this and she she had no idea existed. There's a thing called Disney Circle, and uh, if any parents don't know this, is exists. It's a little box you plug into your internet, and it helps you regulate um, both screen time. Uh, so it'll you know you can say hey turn on at three thirty turns on the kids internet at three thirty turn off four thirty turns off can't access internet. Mm-hmm. It also apps you know youtube whatever they whatever they play turn them on and off so they can only play for a half hour day or whatever you want kind of does some extra parenting to help you along so you don't let distraction and whatever keep you from from making sure your kids are staying safe and i saw a uh a google commercial going back to google commercials like where you can you know if kids have tablets or whatnot you can schedule it so that it also does the same thing mm-hmm. like turn the kids wi-fi off so that they're they're not able to connect so i think those those tools are really important yeah, I think a lot of smart devices have yep. controls built in, parental yep. stuff. You just have to know how to get to it, yep. <laughs> how, to, how to use it. And how to keep your keep your kids from, as they get older, from turning off themselves. And the thing I like about the Circle, it's all managed through the parents' mm-hmm. app. And so um, unless the kid has access to your phone, they don't have access to, to – and it, you can pay a fee because you can pay a fee for everything. And you can also have it regulate their data too. So as they get older, you can keep, keep them uh, from going overboard. And that's the big issue when you go talk about video game addiction or, or whatever. It's it's nothing wrong with video games. Nothing wrong with phones, tablets, whatever. It's sure. it's it's always how we use them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, also, 
Rocky River Counseling, do you guys come from a faith base? Yeah. So um, my background, I'm a, I, before I did counseling, I spent 12 years uh, as a pastor at UNCC. Um, and uh, so my background is faith-based. Um, the work I do, um, I tell my clients um, that uh, we will integrate faith into our, our work exactly as relevant as it is to their life. So if they're if they are strong in their faith, we, it will be a major part of our work. If faith is not a part of their life, it won't ever come up, at least not directly. And um, you know that's to be ethical, but also be respectful of where they are in their life and, and their and I let them know what my background is. I don't try to hide that. And I let them know, Hey, I might use some examples and that, that, that are relevant and I think are important, but I don't never pushy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to try to meet people where, wherever they are. Cause I've been to, to quote unquote Christian counselors uh-huh. and they just shove it so far down your throat. Yeah. The it's track, a, the helicopter track, the helicopter track. Uh, it gets so uncomfortable. That you're just like, I got to bail. And I'm a Christian. Like, this is yep. horrible. Yep. And so my my clinical supervisor, so when I was getting my associate license uh, or getting that that worked through, the first three years, I, I worked under a supervisor. Um, her name is Dr. Krista Phipps. She runs a counseling center at Hickory Grove Baptist Church, biggest okay. Baptist church in Charlotte. And um, she could not stand what you're describing. Mm. Bib- what Biblical counselors, the the name in the field is newthetic counseling is what they call it to kind of. Cloak it a little bit There's so nobody knows what that? they're getting. Yeah, what does that even mean? Newthetic? I don't know what newthetic means. I know what it means is garbage. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's Transla- loosely translated from the Greek, right? New Testament. Skibola. It's uh, it, what basically what they do is they they lead with lead with scripture and then sprinkle counseling uh, psychological principles on top. And mm. uh, there's nothing wrong with l- using scripture in our work as it's relevant, um, but. The the issue is it doesn't always uh, always meet people at the most helpful place, and mm-hmm. um, it does come across kind of you know using using a sledgehammer where you need a uh, like an eyeglass screwdriver all the time. Mm-hmm. Wow! So counseling you you've been doing this for for four years, but you've yeah. been pastoring for twelve as well, yeah. as well. How have you seen? And this is going to be you know easy question. How have you seen mental health change? in youth slash young adults in the past 12, 15 years? Yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> completely, right? completely, uh, no, it, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I actually think it, it also, it has changed completely. It, you know, it, there was this, I remember my first year in ministry having a lot of students come with, with mental health issues and having no concept what to do, what was going on, where to point them. It was just like, wow, you're, this, is a, this is a lot. You're, you're in trouble. And, uh, and, but very quickly, uh, we, we developed uh, a relationship with some, some counselors who are just starting off in the field and are still in Charlotte. And um, we pretty quickly started uh, referring students to them. And, and you know, it, what has the biggest uh, change has been um, – College students now, um, if they're having mental health issues, it, counseling is instant. Uh, mm. They know. They seek it out. Um, counseling on, on campus, which is okay. It's an excellent immediate resource long-term. They don't normally I, – I don't know what UNCC does anymore. It used to be four max sessions, and then they would refer you out. I don't know if it's even that much anymore. But, um, you know, I see – 
uh, probably, I don't know, a third of my caseload is 25 and under. Um, and uh, most all of those are non-teenagers who are being forced to be here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just who realize uh, I, can't, I can't tackle these day-to-day or week-to-week mental health issues on my own. I need somebody to give me some tools. And so um, that, I think that's the, the big change is they recognize it. Uh, that that it's just like they might need a, a personal trainer or they might need uh, uh, somebody to help them in physics. They they need somebody to help them navigate the the mental health. So overall, the mental health stigma of this being taboo or I don't want to talk about it is way more open. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it exists anymore for the hmm. under twenty five set um, now. To say that they're open to the changes they need to make and all those, I mean, I think that's a human human resistance issue, sure. but none of us want to look in the mirror that, that deeply. But I think as far as saying there's something going on uh, that I need to fix, what's my next step? I don't, I don't think there's much of a question for them anymore, hmm. especially once they, once they, probably 17 or 18, teenagers still hate it. Um, I, that's pretty, uh, I'd say probably... Seventy percent of the of under seventeen I see, um, they they would rather be getting a, a root canal, be here. But that's part part of the fun. I will say uh, again, Afton Endodontics does the best root canals <laughs> that I've ever experienced. The new show sponsor. Teaching. Yeah. Um, do, do you have questions? Um. Oh, I guess the biggest the question that you asked as far as things that have changed, you know, over the past few years. You know, obviously transitioning from being a college pastor 12 years ago to mental mm-hmm, health now, mm-hmm. some of the things that would have been classified as mental health now just seems to be part of identity mm-hmm, or identity mm-hmm. changes. Has that, has that, have you had to shape or move with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, as a, from a ethical perspective, you know, as far as questions of, of sexuality or anything like that, those are, those are waters we have to kind of tow around. Um, and I think for me, what I want to help people walk through as, cause I have, a, I have a couple clients who, who are in some form of figuring out their, their sexuality in particular, um, helping them reframe that away from being a central part of their identity, just that. And as far as, you know, my, uh, my heterosexuality isn't a central part of my identity, uh, directly, and that it can be a part of who they are if that's where they land, but that there's bigger issues in their life than just, um, you know, sexuality as personality. It's it's bigger than that, and I think that's where they can get I trapped. I think, man, I, I've never heard it phrased that way, sexuality as personality. I mean, I, you know, you, I don't know, that I, that I mean, probably perfectly describes it. makes right sense, yeah. yeah. People because, put so much into that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. who I am. That's their core that's identity. what I am, yeah. yeah if mm-hmm. you don't recognize that as my core identity, then you're you're not cool. Yeah, like, I, like, I, don't, like, I don't think about that as who I am. Yeah. It's a part of, I guess it's a part of my Well, I, 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 I quit carrying my white male card, and I quit carrying my heterosexual male card years ago. So. I lost mine. I think they got washed in the <laughs> washing machine. I'm good at that. It fell apart out of your, when you took out of your pocket? Okay. I'm just kind of curious because, I mean, um, it seems to be where mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. where you have someone who may be questioning their identity in high school. Well, once they get to college, they have no longer don't have parents up their rear end so sure. that they can experiment with that. And then 
you know, coming into it now, I mean, just be kind of curious. And I'll, I'm glad you're here. I didn't realize you were a quote unquote Christian counselor, even though I know you. Because <laughs> I you, let the cat out of the bag. Well, I'm sorry. But I'm glad to hear that because my experience also with Christian counseling is, you know, let's read a verse and see how how it can fix you. Mm, you yeah, know, and I think no. that's probably the negative stereotype of Christian counseling because. Yeah. You know, my I went to a Christian counselor for one exactly one uh, visit uh, years ago, and they recommend that I read Peter and um, go to the gym to work out my aggression. <laughs> so that was their that was their counseling advice. My counseling advice was put all your problems. I love this. Go for put it. Put all your problems in a treasure chest. Close it. Mm-hmm. Lock it it mm. mentally, like you know, you're going through this thing. Lock it. Then you hand it to Jesus. Mm. He takes the treasure chest and he ascends to heaven and takes it away. So your problems will be in heaven when you get there. Oh no! Is I that figured out <laughs> implication. Oh no! So Jesus take the wheel. Jesus right. take the yeah. wheel. Wait, did he get his degree from like Leanne Womack? Like what <sighs> in the world? Whoever sings that song, Carrie Underwood. Oh, is it Carrie? Yeah. Carrie Underwood. Uh, like that's horrible, right? That, like, no, that's really bad. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, I tell people do literally the opposite. But Just forget fine. about all Wait, your problems. Jesus has to come down with your yeah, problems. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that it. Is awful. I'm yeah. not going to you either. I want Jesus to take the, take that treasure chest and light it on fire and stomp <laughs> on it. That's what I want him to do. Nail it to the cross. Do you really? You don't really do. No. That drives me. Nuts. But you know what? That drives me nuts with Christian counseling because I've I've known other people have had experiences with sure. that where. Yeah. I, you know, it's always like that, that's my mother's my my mother's shrink advice. Yeah, just give it to Jesus. Yeah, just give mom. I have cancer. Just give it to Jesus, mom. <laughs> I about to have a breakdown right now. Just mm-hmm. give it to Jesus. That's that seems to be the, tip, the prototypical answer that you would get from a quote unquote Christian counselor. My experience has been, um, and I, I've never said this out loud to uh, to to the world. So uh, here we go. It it's just us. No it is listening. yeah. Nobody's listening. It. It is a typically it is a, a another issue to unpack and overcome if somebody comes in with um, what they report as being a deep faith, because with being in the South, uh, what they report as being a deep faith is usually just as fragmented and broken as the rest of their life. Mm. And um, and so to use any amount of faith in the session, you're just piling on top of their already broken worldview. And um, so it's another thing that has to be deconstructed and rebuilt, just like everything else. And um, so I'm very careful. I don't care how strong a Christian somebody says when they're coming in. I'm very careful to use anything faith-related on the front side because I don't want to— I don't want to make—honestly, I don't want to make it harder on myself in the long run because I'm building on some really painful scars. Yeah. Wow. I just say give it to Jesus. It's hard to get that recurring client, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's one Jesus and done. Fixed them, yeah. Jesus going to take it all. Um, st- stigma you, for the 25 and, and under crowd leaving quickly. Sure. What about older? Um, I know that even me at 42 telling a friend, like, hey, uh, we're, we're going to counseling. And you kind of get that weird look like, and then the question, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, everything's fine. We're, you know, we're just trying to put, and I, and I hate this term, but I, give me something else to use. I want more tools in my toolbox. I hate that phrase, but. Um, yeah, I use it all the time. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but like. And he's a professional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, 
we're just trying to, you know, be healthy and, yeah. and continue that mental yeah. health. But like the, even the stigma for the older folks, and I know my dad's generation and, and older, like, oh my gosh, something. I told my dad, and he's like, oh my gosh, you guys getting divorced? Like, no, dad, we're just fine. We're good. We're, yeah. Yeah. Like it's the exact opposite. How do you break that down for, for older, the older generation? It is, um, it's really hard for, um, so I'm obviously a male counselor. There's not a lot of us. I think last I heard something like 15% of counselors are men. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, very it's sexist industry. It, it is. And, uh, and, uh, empathy doesn't translate very far. And so we are very in demand as far as for, um, men in general, particularly teenage boys, which is almost impossible. Um, but also <laughs> a lot of middle age, uh, men who will seek out for, for a variety of reasons. And, um, it is, uh, that is the hardest population for me to work with is middle-aged men because they come in um, looking for the A plus B equals C mm. way to work through this. And that if I, I don't, I've never quantified it, but I would guess of the men I've had come in that age range, the number that have made it over 10 sessions, which Eight to ten sessions for me is when the work really begins because that's when they finally trust me. Mm. I know them well enough, and they're ready to get to the nitty-gritty. And the number of middle-aged men I've had make it past eight or ten sessions is probably 20%. Um, they wow. just they, they bail. They, they almost consistently bail when they realize, like, oh, this isn't going to be quick. This isn't going to be just, like, you tell me what to do, and I fix it. Like, I actually have to look at myself, and I have to admit I'm part of the problem. They don't like it. Um, it's, it's, and I, yeah, I think that's a a guy thing in general. I get it, but it's part of, part of the healing process. Now, women for the most part, um, I I just think, I think culturally for women, it's a more accepted thing to say to say to somebody at lunch, I'm going to counseling. It's a more good for you thing. You tell, you tell the guy, uh, another guy that you're going to counseling. And like you said, it's like, Mm. what, uh, Oh, like it, you know, do I need to call 911? What's going on? (laughs) And, um, and so it, and that then that comes into play when doing couples uh, couples counseling. Ninety uh, percent of the couples I see are either probably in their first seven years of marriage or have been married more than thirty years, um, and uh, so they're at the either either they're young married or they're or they're they're in the later years. And it's hard um, in the with the older couples, the middle aged couples, to get the guys to to buy in to invest mm-hmm. in. Um, so. And it's tough work, guys. It's it's not something like you said. Did you go in and you fix on round three? Like, I, I guess I'm not a statistic, but like I, I continue to go and try to fix. You know, and mm-hmm. and and guys, let's be honest. We screw up constantly, right? It's so hard to remember. No, so, no. <laughs> so like, just I, I have to go and remember. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do this and supposed to do that. But it it's been so beneficial. What are some I don't want to say it this term, but like success stories that you're like, wow, this this has really helped this person out. Like counseling has really helped change their trajectory of mm-hmm. where they're going. Yeah, uh, there's um, you know there's there's several, and I can't get into obviously sure. too many nitty gritty details, but you know there's there's uh, one story in particular, somebody who came to me with with um, in their twenties and just floundering and um you know still living at home in their ninth year of college just a lot a lot going on and um 
self-medicating pot three, four times a day and uh, reporting a lot of anxiety. And it took months and months. I'm trying to figure out where, what do they want to do? They're working part-time school. I think two classes at that point. Mom and dad are ready for them to go. Mom and dad are paying for it. And um, finally we got to the point of examining some medication, which is a point some clients get to. And so they went to their psychiatrist, a new psychiatrist, because their old one was retiring, which was in the long run the best thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> and the psychiatrist looked at them and said, um, you don't have anxiety. You have ADHD. This person had been medicated for anxiety for 15 years. Oh, and wow. um, he got on the right meds, and all of a sudden, everything changed. Um, oh, wow. And... We worked on finding a meaningful career, on confronting some demons from the past, from some insecurities with past relationships, and, um, you know, that a few different seasons of therapy, and um, been working um, two and a half years, and you know, today, um, manager at a at a at a at a business, married, um, doing really well. Um, and so it's cool when you see somebody and it's a collaborative, right? Like, you know, medication is not a bad thing. We all, mm -hmm. it's, it exists for, for a reason. Yeah. It's not a path for all my clients or most of them, but for a lot of people, it's, it's the path you need to get, help you get healthy. And, um, and you know, his parents and, um, you know, uh, now wife and, and me being a small part of that. It's cool to see somebody journey through life and come out on the other side, just being able to to live in a more free way. Mm. Uh, I want to make sure we get our copay, you know, paid for on this one. Where do you see shame built in to the maybe American psyche, or even with or without Christianity, like? Where is shame in mental health, and how prevalent is that? I think, um, without uh, sounding too much like Brene Brown or, or, or people of her, her school of thought, I, I honestly think it's woven into almost everything. Um, whether it be, um, you know, like you were talking about, the stigma of mental health. Mm -hmm. so, so literally just the fact they're taking care of themselves. Um, and, and how bad they feel for not putting that money, time, energy into something more productive. Um, whether it be, um, you know, that middle-aged couple I talked about coming in and the guy being so beat up by the ways he screwed up that he can't get past that to actually engage in, in moving forward. Um, uh, or, or, or the college student who comes in and it's, uh, it's, a uh, uh, feeling like, you know, I'm letting my parents down or I have this expectation mm. for myself and I'm falling short of that. You know, it, it, at the end of the day, um, shame or, or guilt or whatever label I or they want to throw on it, uh, there's this, this core fear part of, of all of us that, that's broken and it, it speaks messages to us that, that hold us back, that, that keep us stuck, that Whatever. And so, um, you know, guilt and shame are, are, uh, are, uh, 
are really an underlying part to, I think, a lot. Say almost everything. Yeah, it's even just in in our relationship with God. It, I feel, me personally, is I didn't do this today, so therefore I feel guilty. Therefore, I'm a bad person. Therefore, I'm not worthy. Therefore, like it's, I, I'm not accepted. Yep. And it goes through that whole spiraling, even just of not doing a quiet time or anything else like that. Can, can you guys relate or not relate? No, I think, uh, I think, in our culture, I think mental health or taking self care. Yeah, that's the big term. That's the self care. Yeah, self care has been looked up, looked down upon. I mean, if you go back to World War II, where you have the world's greatest generation coming back from sites that we'll hopefully never have to see again, and basically just saying, you know, man up. That mm. that generation raised our fathers. Yeah, and then our fathers had that hardcore upbringing to bringing our generation up. And then mm. I think we try to see. Like, for example, I mean, I love my parents, love my father, but sometimes, you know, beating my ass over eating all the Girl Scout cookies probably wasn't the best answer, you know, <laughs> for for, you right. know, for a reason. So we try to then offset that parenting, you know, like me, I'm probably too much of a pushover. We, we try to we try to offset that. So mm. but, but as far as self-care, you know, it was always man up, mm. you know, you, you can take care of it, get over it. That or push through it, you know, that was the type type of advice we'd always get. So, um, being able to actually find a confidant, if it's in a counselor or a friend or whatever that you can actually trust to unload yourself, and we're just not used to that. Our yeah. generation doesn't accept it. So, now I'm gonna use my three credits shy of a minor of psychology, uh, to, to dime, do... dime store psychology, right? So, so I'm the counselor now. But, but like, do you, but does that like drive who you are? To, I mean, I think that does drive who you are today of, of that man up, like push through. Well, no, my brokenness does drive me. Yeah. Um, I, I can see that, but I've also had to go to counseling to work yeah. through how to a healthy, healthy version of harnessing that pain and, and, and suffering. You know, yeah, for me exactly. personally, like I've, I've gone through a lot in my life, right. my, in my 43 years on this earth, I've gone through a lot. Yeah. Sexual trauma as a child, mm-hmm. cancer, being just a general all, all around dirt bag for most of my life. I mean, I've, I, these are things that I've had to, I've had to go through, and a lot of that has has led to personal. I've turned that pain into trying to be a better version of myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I've had to go to counseling to learn how to use utilize mm-hmm. that in, in a form of like ultimate re- surrender and forgiveness mm-hmm. to, to harness that as a, as a beneficial. Yeah. So, you know, but I mean, I, my parents, I mean, I love my parents, but sure. my, you know, what advice can they give me how to, how to flip that, flip the script? You know, yeah. they, they can't, my mom's advice was give it to Jesus. You right. know, <laughs> I, I, your treasure trust. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, uh, having a counselor being, being able to listen to everything, interpret it, put it through their little Google translator in their brain, <laughs> and then actually come out with some like potent advice. Like, yeah. all right, this is what you gotta do. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, I think I think exactly. You know, we all we all wear a mask. We all have we all we've all got those wounds, that shadow side, and that is where all of us live most of our time. And where and I think what good therapy can do is it can take that shadow side, it can take that mask, and it can flip it on its head and reframe it and build on those strengths that are in that. Because there's some there's always some strengths in that. We all we all adapt and find some ways to survive through our pain 
flip that on its lid and and use that to motivate the change. I think that's I think that's part of the art uh, of of therapy is when people see like oh you did really well to survive this. Now how do how do how do we capitalize this and flip it mm. um, into the life you want it to be? Let's see, I think you know that's where I think counseling can come into benefit beneficial or a bit be a bit a net benefit for a person because see me. I, my personality is I, I'm very having a very addictive personality, and um, my my addiction is uh, finding my identity in the things that I can accomplish. Okay, and it's not necessarily on a personal personal level like being the best father, like making sure I'm at my kids every everything and making sure I sign them up for something that way they have six days a week full of karate, <laughs> soccer, ballet, whatever. You know, playing the recorder. I mean, right. I, I I don't find that I find my identity in being successful in business because mm. I've always been told that I would never make it. You know, type thing, or I would never be able to do this, or so I, I need a I need a counselor slash confidant, which is my wife, to help equalize me, to help say no. Look, there's more to life than this. You know, and um, I, I think there's a lot of people out there like that. And there's also a lot of people out there on the reverse side who can't find that strength or, or even energy to get out of their, their house to actually be a, be a motivating force in their own life to, to get out there and actually do something with their life. So, I mean, you also you kind of need a counselor to help let them know that they're not, that, that whatever's happening in their, in their life is, does not define them. You know, mm-hmm. just like my, whatever happened in my life has not defined me. It's yeah. just a part of my life. One of the things I, th- I like what you said is we've all been through junk in our lives how do we use that junk to be a positive instead of just focusing on the negative mm-hmm. um and and you've already done some of the hard work because you've survived those things mm-hmm. you know use that to make it a positive which in, in the end run may be easier than having to survive all those years of, of, of trauma that you've been through mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so so harnessing that and, and pushing forward yeah um so we we hear a lot, producer Ryan. Do you have anything you want you want to one add, or do you want Nathan to give you a free session on just on the show just for fun? I don't need counseling. Okay, all right. Okay. Moving on. I'm, I'm a man. <laughs> man up. No, so like, you know, you talk about the age group you tend to work with. Mm-hmm. I think about like you know I'm almost forty. I didn't know who I was till I was twenty seven years old. Mm-hmm. Like there was this huge mm-hmm. like trying to figure out why am I here? What am I supposed to, like? This who I am, I thing, mm-hmm. and counseling was not. Like, you got something's wrong. Yeah, sure. Know? And that yep. that's just I don't know. That's just I guess the environment. I'm not even going to blame my parents on that. It's just that was the the climate. Yep. That we grew all of us probably grew up in. Was yeah, just, absolutely. And uh, now it's you know self care is cool. You know, yep. so take that day off if you need to. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> I never, raised that I never way. Hear you know? that? But... You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> That's what like the younger generation. Yeah. Is, that's what's cool is, or that's what's popular now is to yeah. take care of yourself. So and I, and honestly, if they have any problem, it is they self care is their life and actually like doing something. That's too the question. Much, right? That's the question of uh, uh, for them. And so I think that is the that that's part of the tension. Is there at some point that did flip and. Um, you know, self-care is, it, you know, the under under 27 side is all about 
self-care. Their life is self-care. And, um, but they really struggle to conceptualize any sort of productive, meaningful, um, you know, the, the term imposter syndrome has gotten popular the last few years. I don't have a client under 30 who doesn't like preach their imposter syndrome from the mountaintop. Like they all feel like frauds. Um, they, they all feel like everyone else has got it figured out but them. Um, and, and so there's so much time. And I think a lot of that's social media. Uh, right. And I, I'm not one to like throw social media under the bus, but the number of people that come in and struggle with the perfection of everybody else's life is high. Well, yeah, and, I think everyone expects that at some point you figure it out. Yep. And I would ask, does anyone here think they've got it figured out yet? <laughs> Absolutely right, not. like hell. I, there's there's days right? I don't even feel like a man. Like I feel I still like a feel like a boy. So you think about walk, trying to walk in my dad's. Yeah, shoes. you think about your parents, my, where your parents yeah. were at forty. Yeah, Mm-mm. and like oh, he knew what he was doing, right? He didn't know what he was doing. Oh, <laughs> my, my dad, my right? dad, look, it, look, I, I still dress. I still dress like a, you know, I feel like I'm in a punk music video some days. I mean, when <laughs> I go to work, but like my dad at forty, my dad at forty three was, you know he had his set of clothes and he had his breath mints he put in his pocket and he wore a handkerchief. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do those adult things. I, sometimes I don't feel like an adult at 43. Right. Mm. And, and sometimes I feel like I'm the only one who feels like that. I know I'm not. I mean, but you know, like I, I struggle to call myself a man. Sometimes I still want to call myself a boy just because I don't feel like I do the man things that my dad did or my grandfather yeah. did. Just because yeah. you're successful in something doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Or have it figured <laughs> out. Have life figured yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not, because that's what I'm banking on. So. I just pretend. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the great secret secret of adulthood that nobody nobody says out loud, at least not till later. Which is that no, everybody's everybody's pretending, everybody's trying to fake their yeah. way through it, and that was exactly what you said, Brian, about uh, that realization when you hit a certain age and you look at a picture and you're like, oh, that was that's how my parents were. Did they feel this this loss and this making it up on the spot? Yeah, I have kids. I'm not mature enough to have kids at 30. Right. <laughs> yeah. I still want to know if I, should I carry, should I carry a handkerchief? Yeah, my dad does. And by the way, I, like I'm sometimes when we're out, I'm right. like, I brought your handkerchief. But, <laughs> but, but I, I, that's so that, gross. It is a little right? gross. But I mean, come I, on, guys. But should I carry one? I, that's no one can answer this question. I've asked Google this, and I cannot get an answer. What does it say? Sorry, can I reply at this moment? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as long as it doesn't have any colors on it, you're probably okay, right? No, yeah, no, I mean, I'm okay with it. Cool but my dad, my dad carried one. Yeah, also, my dad had a anchor. My dad, and probably up until he's probably fifty, carried one of those little coin organizers too. It was like oh, a little squishy thing, that, yeah. put your coins in. I remember like being the being past the handkerchief to use it and like crusties. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, you now, think it? about it now. But you know what? I feel though? A little you, sick you, now. You're, th- about that, you're thankful. <laughs> you're thankful for a crunchy handkerchief when you gotta blow your nose. You're thankful for that. Yeah. It was never my idea to blow my nose. But also, not only that, that though, <laughs> you had a, you had a that's true. You had a crunchy handkerchief just in case you you know by by accident, like you know, um, you got hit by one of your pet companions and in the carotid artery and started bleeding out you had a handkerchief there right. mm, that's a survival tool that's yeah did your dad have a handkerchief no he, he, well, he construction i guess it was like the farmer blow i don't really know oh yeah <laughs> well he had a sleeve yeah so yeah. that was all good so here's a question so if if self-care is more mainstream now for the younger culture why are they so jacked up because self care by itself doesn't doesn't do anything. But is self care a hashtag for social media though? 
Because, you know, I, I mean, everyone has that, you know, our, our generation has the Facebook mm-hmm. life. My kids mm-hmm. or my daughter, it's all about Instagram and TikTok life, you know, as far as that, that presentation. I mean, it is self-care just more just simply just a social hashtag to feel like you're part of the group? Yeah, I don't, I don't think most people have any idea what their version of self-care looks like. I think mm-hmm. that that's honestly part of my therapy process with almost everybody. Uh, if they stick around long enough is how do you, how do you, cause the point of therapy, if I do my job well, um, I work myself out of a job. Mm-hmm. And so part of keeping them away from me is a self-care regimen that maintains our, our progress. And um, it is hard for people to figure out how they recharge their batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And I think that goes back to back to the shame idea the mm-hmm. this feeling um especially um for for parents but it's something everybody struggles with feeling like i'm allowed to take time for myself oh that's a big one um it's a huge struggle and then what you know they instagram we look and we see how other people are taking care of themselves and so we just replicate that and mm-hmm. we think it it works but um you know so i i, I think part of it it is that people don't know what what is helpful for them. I think um, the other part uh, for for the younger crowd is um, not to sound patronizing and old, but they don't have anything to rest from necessarily yet. They're just resting to rest, um, or they're okay, unplugging to what have unplug. you done? <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of rest is you you have to be tired for it to really be meaningful. Um, so uh, I don't know. There's a, it's loaded. Yeah. Nathan Evans, how do people get in contact with you for Rocky River Counseling? Uh, can text or call seven zero four nine six six seven nine eight eight, or I've got an email Nathan at RockyRiverCounseling dot com. Also, a website read about me at RockyRiverCounseling dot com. Those are the three fastest ways to track me down. Any last parting words that you want to? tell our listeners no i you know jesus yeah right yeah come and come (laughs) and we can do a treasure chest to jesus Um, you know that's the show title yeah there you go it mental health is one of those things that i think i think all of us can benefit from having somebody in our life uh who we can be transparent with and who can uh we can say that we're screw up to and they can uh you know help us see the best version of ourselves even on the days we can't um, so yeah, I appreciate being here and it's, it's, uh, something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir, for coming on the show. Uh, one last question. This is a big one. Uh, if you were a spirit, you know, how you have spirit animals. Oh, of course. What's your spirit food? We haven't done that question in a while. Throwback. I, yeah. I almost has to be tacos. Um, tacos Ooh. are an infinite food for me. We have got a, there is a family-owned taco spot in the gas station by our house. Ooh. If you're in Concord, it's a corner of the Roberts. Yeah, yeah corner of Pitt School and and Weddington, and family-owned. They crush it. Um, it is uh, I my personal. I either get uh, two two uh, asada and two chorizo tacos, or I'll get the uh, Campechano burrito, which is uh, asada and, and chorizo mixed. Hold the onions because it's too much, and uh, it's homemade sauces, and they're friendly, and it's 
Yeah. So tacos, Mexican food in general. Yeah, for a minute, I thought you would say that someone in your family owned a taco I stand. I wish. <laughs> I was yeah, like, wait, wait so a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do I not know here? Yeah. No. Uh, so tacos are, 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 it could be a daily food. Mm. Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up our episode. Yeah, appreciate you guys uh, tuning in as you do every week. If you can, please go to our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. Also, our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You have those playable links there. Um, if you can, wherever you listen to your podcast, just go there and give a, uh, first off, listen. Check. Second is subscribe. Check. Give us a rating, a review. Uh, that's how we move up in the old podcast algorithms and world and do our our slow takeover in the southern fried comedy section of the podcast world um also i'd like to congratulate a heart buddy there's a guy named andrew who's getting his uh, heart transplant as we speak wow Uh, that's pretty cool so as that reminder i would appreciate if you guys uh, if you haven't filled out your donor or organ cards uh, just go sign up uh first sign up as an organ donor second Become a registered voter, just in case you have it. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate that. Speaking about reviews, let's go ahead and read the last one that we got on Apple Podcasts. Uh, so please uh, leave a review so we can kind of move this one down the down the list. We got a five-star, by the way. Hey. Sergeant Cantley uh, said on the episode, Corn Pop was a bad dude. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Uh, some inspiring words. Not sure why I like this podcast. But I do. <laughs> that's so, that's almost gospel. That's glowing yeah. praise right there. <laughs> right, I love it. That's that's Oscar worthy. I mean, I mean Nobel Prize. We should be getting it. Uh, that's any that's day in pure the- entertainment, guys. Think about that, <laughs> and for free. We don't even charge you. Uh, again, sign up to be an SFP insider. We've got some cool stuff coming on. Again, thank you to Leanne Whitley for being our latest Patreon subscriber. Um, also guys, we've got some amazing stuff coming up for the show. I'm really excited about it. So, uh, just keep listening. We'll be able to report that shortly. So, uh, again, thanks again for tuning in and as always keep looking up. Listening to the SFP Radio Network.